The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon and Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that had covered his head not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first. And he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning and happy Easter to all of you. Last night we had the Easter vigil and welcomed many new. Catholics into the church, which was a beautiful ceremony that lasted two and a half hours. (laughs) So it's kind of a short night. And this Holy Week, it's always a kind of a time of re-experiencing what the first followers of our Lord experienced as, you know, we gathered on Holy Thursday and celebrated the Mass of the Lord's Supper and And on Friday, we had Stations of the Cross around noon, and then around 3 o'clock, we celebrated our Lord's Passion. And then last night, the Easter Vigil, where everything is dark in the church, we start outside. In the darkness, and as we enter into the church with the Easter candle, this light comes in and fills the darkness, which is exactly what our Lord does today is our Lord is this light that comes in to fill the darkness. And that darkness is surely the darkness of the world that is stuck in sin, but also the darkness in our own hearts. You know, Jesus is always the light that fills the darkness in our hearts. 
And so every time we come to Mass, it's a kind of a mini Easter <clears throat> where our Lord comes into the world in this very profound way. as he makes himself present to us in the Eucharist, and then he enters into our bodies, and the Holy Spirit enters into our hearts. And so as we were reflecting on all of these events, there's always certain characters that stand out, and, and we have to ask ourselves, you know, like, where am I, like, on my own journey, in my own kind of holy week of my life. Like, where am I in these events? And most of the time, I pretty much fall short of, you know, where I'd like to be. You know, I think we all want to be like, oh, I would have been like the beloved disciple who's just always faithful and he was there. He was the only one that was there when Jesus died. But most of the time, I'm just... Probably St. Peter. Trying to do the right thing and yet falling short. As he does throughout Holy Week. And many of us are like St. Peter and so we have good company. Sometimes we struggle to make it to Mass every single week. Or we know that we grew up Catholic and we struggle to live out the faith every day. Or maybe we're really faithful on Sundays and then when we go to the office during the week, we kind of like leave our Catholicism and our faith and everything else within the confines of this church. There might be people in our lives that need to hear the gospel message, but we feel like we don't have the kind of integrity or authority to preach to them. And sometimes we can feel like a hypocrite. And we know that Jesus always criticized the Pharisees for being hypocrites. And so he's always like, you hear hypocrites. And when we internalize that ourselves, we kind of like say, well, I can't be a hypocrite, so I can't say anything, and so I can't really have like joy because uh, I know that I'm a sinner. That can be a common temptation. But there's a difference between the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and we could call it the hypocrisy of people like St. Peter who really finds himself in the same position we do. You know, in the Passion reading on Friday, he says to Jesus, I will follow you always, even if it means my own death. I will follow you. Like, I am with you. And then Jesus says, before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me. And of course, Peter's thinking to himself, okay, I'm never going to deny Jesus. I've made some mistakes in the past. I'm not going to do it ever again, right? It's just like us when we go to confession and we say, like, I'm never going to do it again. And then in the midst of 
this night where our Lord takes bread and he says, this is my body, and he gives that to his disciples, and he promises to be with them always, even until the end of time. And he asks the Father's blessing upon them and prays that they will be one just as he is one with the Father. After this amazing night, they go out to the garden and Peter falls asleep. Then our Lord comes and wakes him up and then these soldiers come and they arrest Jesus and they take him away and surely Peter's caught up in confusion about what's going on and, and then he, he goes out and then some people know that Jesus has been arrested. Everybody's talking about it and they see him and they're like, you're one of those people that was with him. And immediately his first reaction is to say, no, I'm not. It wasn't me. I, no. Without even thinking about it, he reverts back to self-preservation and kind of like, no, it's not me. He probably doesn't even realize that he's doing it. And then he hears the cock crow. And he's reminded of what our Lord had said to him. which probably, like most of us, filled him with this kind of like shame and feelings of guilt and feelings like I'm not good enough and feelings like, uh, I'll never get it and I'm a hypocrite. And he's not present in our Lord's death. Later on, he circles back to the rest of the disciples, and they're all gathered in the upper room. And Mary Magdalene comes in. And she announces the fact that they've taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. And then Peter and the beloved disciple, they get up and they run to the tomb. And there's something in the beloved disciple that moves him more than Peter. Right? They both run, but the beloved disciple gets their way before Peter. And maybe Peter's running towards the tomb thinking to himself, uh, I, have to, I, I know I have to do this because I'm supposed to be part of this group and Jesus said that I was going to be the rock on whom we will build the church, but I'm not really sure about that and I don't really know if I believe. And if Jesus is there, I don't really want to face him because I just denied him. So he's kind of like jogging. The beloved disciple runs. And when they arrive there, then the beloved disciple allows Peter to enter first. And he becomes a witness to the resurrection. And as he contemplates all of these things, there's a transformation that's still going on in his heart. Right? This transformation is still going on in his heart. And it won't be for another 50 days at Pentecost when we see this fruit of his conversion when he preaches that sermon that we heard in the first reading today. And he's able to speak with authority about who Jesus is and what he's done for them. Because at that point, he knows what Jesus has done for him himself. 
And this story that we celebrate, it's the story of all of our lives. It's the story of all of our lives. We're here today to celebrate the fact that Jesus came into the world and he died for us. And then he rose again so that we might rise with him. Which is the most amazing news that any of us ever hears in our lives. Because it's the news that says you don't have to feel like two people anymore. You don't have to feel like two people anymore. We all experience that kind of division within our hearts that leads to that temptation to call ourselves a hypocrite. And all that means is that our hearts aren't completely transformed yet. Our hearts aren't completely surrendered yet. We're kind of like St. Peter in these days. We want to do the right things, but we fall short. But the difference between that kind of a struggle in our hearts and the hypocrisy of the Pharisees is that for St. Peter, he keeps showing up and he keeps trying and he keeps opening himself up and he keeps showing up in front of our Lord and he's working on surrendering his heart the entire time. The Pharisees' hypocrisy, it comes from a place of believing that they know everything already. Believing that they have no need of conversion. Living a life that outwardly looks like it's observant and holy, while inwardly they're stuck in sin and they don't want to do anything about it. But all of us are here because we want to do something about it. The person who comes to Mass only at Easter and Christmas, they're here because they want to do something about it. There's something that moves you to be here. And we welcome you and hope that you'll come back again. You know, we all struggle with that kind of divided heart. But our Lord came into the world in order to bring light to the darkness within us, in order to bring unity where there's division, so that we can be one person. One person who's completely surrendered to our Lord Jesus Christ, because his reason for coming was to heal us. Our goal is to be of one heart like the beloved disciple and that our heart would be moved to run after our Lord over and over and over and over again. And to run faster and faster and faster because we're moved by his love.
And now more than ever, it's, it's urgent that we surrender our hearts to him and that we allow him to transform us and that we allow his grace and his light into the darkest corners of our own hearts because the world needs the witness of transformed lives. Each and every one of us is called to be another Christ in the world that brings light into the darkness of our world. And to fearlessly bring that light, even if we're still in the midst of the struggle ourselves. Because as long as we can say that I'm working on it, that I'm working on surrendering my life, I'm working on letting our Lord transform my heart, we have a lot to share with our friends and our co-workers and our neighbors. And we need that kind of unity within the church. Because right now we live in a world where the church is very divided. Yesterday I went to see the Paul the Apostle movie and one of the previews was for a documentary about Pope Francis which like filled me with joy when I saw it because it called to mind being in St. Peter's Square when he was elected and the great love that I've had for him. And the way that his preaching touches my own life in a very personal way. And it was a great reminder because, like, I just read on my Facebook feed that some news person said that he said that there's no hell now. And the evil one wants to create this kind of division. But our Lord wants to bring unity. Our Lord wants to bring unity. And so we all should pray for our church and for our Holy Father. that he stay strong in leading us, that he always be motivated by love, and that love that he has for the church will radiate and inform and transform the lives of the people that he's called to lead in our world. And so today, as we celebrate our Lord's resurrection, that day on which he was revealed in all of his glory, that day that he conquered sin and death, let us pray that each and every one of us be moved to allow him into our lives to transform our own hearts that he would conquer sin and death in our own hearts that his light will fill the darkness in our own hearts that his joy might inform our lives that each and every one of us in the church as a community may be a light that shines in the darkness of our culture that we might reveal to the world 
that it's possible to be transformed. That we don't have to feel like two people anymore. That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has conquered sin and death. And light has truly come into the darkness.